Hey, everybody. Welcome to our first episode of Fanboys. I'm here with Tomek Baginski. Hello, Tomek. Hello, Steve. We did this before. We used to have a a, a sort of semi-series when we had the Telos Running podcast. Um, and we decided that it would be fun for us to chat about fanny boy stuff, like talking about what's going on in the world of track and field, road racing, cross country, marathoning, fell running, ultra running. <laughs> we have no idea where this is all going to go, but the two of us are huge fans of track and field and the sport in general. And we're really big fans of each other. We're good friends. We spend a lot of time together. And so we thought, why not revive this concept and this, see if we can make it interesting and fun for other people. So I'd done a little research and asked some folks who listened to our other episodes, whether they thought they were enjoyable or beneficial and they said they loved them. So I thought, well, why not? Let's do this. Let's try it. And let's see. This is one part of a series of episodes called Fanboys. Um, it'll be a part of the overall Rudnosis concept where there'll be a, a number of different series. But our basic thing here, Tomek, is just to be talking about whatever happens to come off the top of our head related to racing and running in general. So that's a pretty wide uh, topic space, mostly because I just think there's no way that Tomek and I are going to stay on any kind of rails. <laughs> I think we're going to end up talking about all kinds of things. And hopefully what you'll find beneficial in this series is the, the rapport between Tomek and I, our love for the sport, our love for all things running, and hopefully get some insight into what's going on in the, in these, in these, world-class track and field world, what's going on in the collegiate level, what's going on in the national level. And we don't know exactly where it's going to go, but that's kind of the way I'm considering this series. What, what about you, Tomek? What are you hoping to get out of this? Exactly. First, first of all, I think uh, fun conversations. And um, as, as you mentioned, we, we walk and talk and, and, and we'd love to share. And, and, you know, the idea is also to, to hear from, from everyone who listens and, and kind of join in a, in a comment section or, or email section. We'll, we'll share those uh, links um, in, the, in the show notes. Um, yeah, to, to um, man, I, it's hard to imagine it's been, it's been two or so years, you know. Uh, it's March, COVID started two years ago. Uh, spring is such a fun, fun season because it's, it's still indoor going on and, and uh, you know, the, the marathons are starting and the tr everyone is preparing for track. And this year we have a world championships in the U.S. And, oh, man, it's... Uh, and, we you know, we thought maybe we start talking about what, what, what happened more or less in the, you know, last whatever, two years, what, what excited us and all of that. And, yeah, we've tried to, in our, in our conception of this, we, we thought, let's talk about what we were excited about. The three favorite things that happened in 2020 or 2021 that we were excited about. But then we thought, well, what about COVID? Because we wanted to talk about the great Joshua Chepta guy's world <laughs> series of world records. And we're like, wait, those are in 2020. He was doing those around a track with a... So uh, yeah. what we're going to do here is just kind of give you each um, a few of the highlights that in the recent past, since we last met with you, right? Since we last did these episodes, what has gotten us most fired up as an intro episode? And then the next episodes that we do will be more topical, specific to the week at hand. We're going to try to record every two weeks or so. Um, it may be that we record more often or less often, 
I'm not necessarily exactly sure how that's going to play out, but what's most important is that we're going to keep coming at you with interesting things that you should be paying attention. We think you might want to pay attention to if you're a track and field fan. If you're not a track and field fan or you're not a fan of distance running and the specifics of races and who these people are and what they're doing, there's a lot of other run gnosis series that will be up your alley. Um, so this yeah. is this is specifically for the fanboys and fangirls out there who just want to hear two jack wagons talk about what they think is important in the world of track and field and and elite running. Yeah, I thought it would be fun to uh, make a make a kind of stamp on where we are in in a, in the perspective of of world records and whatnot, right? So we know um, you know Kipchoge keep winning, so that's nothing new. Um, but the world record in the well, he broke a two-hour, right? But not in a race. So that's where we are at the moment. Last weekend, for the first time ever, American runners sub 13 minutes in the 5K. Indoors. Indoors, right. yes. That's Grant Fisher. So that was exciting. Next weekend, they're supposed to go after 10K records. I mean, I'm I'm already jumping, but just wanted to put the stamp where we are, right? Um, yeah, uh, we're March 3rd or 4th. I can't read my watch. What's it say? 3rd? <laughs> March 3rd, yeah. 2022 is when this first inaugural episode is yeah. being recorded. I'm not sure when you'll get it. Could very well be another six, a month or so before I put these out. We'll see. But in essence, yeah. the, the the main thing is, is we just wanted to get started and get rolling. Exactly. This is giving a little context. And so give me one of your three just things that you that happened in this last, since we last spoke with folks that just just lit you up that got you super excited well being you know maybe a little bit about myself i you know if if you guys knew to me or, or never heard about me i i can't i ran a um came to you i'm polish and i came to us um on a running scholarship to division two school up in chicago area lewis university um you know my my events were anything from mile or even 800 to to uh, 5k so you know the COVID, COVID time kind of um, shake things up in uh, NCAA ranks, which I, you know, big fan of as well. And um, and I'm, I'm, what exciting was um, all those college kids started running crazy times, you know. You you may heard a Cole Hucker or um, Cooper Tier, uh, you know, from Oregon. And as a freshman, going, you know, running 350 for a mile. And, and you know, everyone started asking questions what what's happening in, as in, freshmen in, as yeah. freshmen right <laughs> what's happening in, in 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 college running and and everyone is breaking records and records and and the new standards being set and all of that so that's that's the one thing from me that really stood up all the college um um young kids running oh, cops hessler you know <laughs> he's he's the, the ph phenomenon that it's kind of being buried with the you know new upcoming and i'm i'm not going to even talk about new kids that just coming now with with california running you know in newberry park kids so that's that's another thing i'm i'm talking you know with the past the past which is last year or so yeah as as you've probably figured out if you're uh tuning in <clears throat> if you didn't follow any of what he just said you will, over time, we promise, we'll unpack these things and get clearer and clearer about it. There's just so much content that we could cover that we haven't that we're just going to throw some shit at the wall and see what sticks. And then we'll just unpack some of these things as we go along. But I agree with you, Tomek. That, that is one of the things that's so shocking is the level 
leveling up of the collegiate system in the United States, which has typically been, it has taken foreign athletes coming to the U.S. to compete that would raise the level of the U.S. athletes around, that we would have like uh, Lawi Lalang or you would have um, another athlete come in, some athletes come into different colleges who were really, really superb you know, almost world-class, maybe just a little bit below world-class, and they would come into the collegiate system, and then the Americans would raise up to compete with them. Now, in mo- mostly what we're talking about here is men, because the women on the U.S. side at the collegiate level have always been better comparatively, in my opinion. Um, at least it, when, in a, collegiate com- when a, a foreigner comes in, they are competing immediately with Americans, and Americans are competing with them. But we've seen something really change on the U.S. side at the collegiate level with homegrown U.S. athletes coming through the high school systems and then coming to college and performing immediately, seemingly immediately, freshman, sophomore year, they are already in and out of the collegiate system, like we've seen with um, with the pros in basketball, where they come through the system for a little bit, get what they need to get, and then they take that to go pro with. Um, it is amazing what's going on in the U.S. Um, at that level. And so the question is, well, are, are these kids, these kids are phenoms at the high school level, but why are they suddenly now like equal? And, and there's a yeah. lot of questions around that. I don't mean you know, conspiratorial or, or, or questions around, um, whether there's something to be thinking about that they're doing illegal things. To me, it just seems like there's just been a shift and, um, and we're going to talk about this. This is going to kind of be a theme of this episode, I think, is that there are been a lot of shifts since COVID that we'll be trying to unpack and think about. And we're not entirely certain exactly where we stand on this. You know, we're not really entirely sure what's going on. We're trying to work it out and explore it live. So be patient with us. And if you've got a point of view, don't be afraid to holler at us and send us some information. I'll, I'll, I'll place um, how to get in contact with us um, at the end of this episode. But I agree with you. It's just been phenomenal how, um, immediately American high schoolers, as soon as they get into the college system, they are, they're competing at the highest levels and then moving directly into uh, world-class. I mean, Grant Fisher, who broke the American record recently in the, in the, um, in the uh, 5k, he did go through the Stanford system all four years and came out. Um, but he, um, you know, his performance, he was fifth at the, uh, at the Olympic games, I think in the 10,000, was it 10,000? I think, Yep. Yeah, in the 10,000. Um, we saw uh, Cole Hawker, who we just mentioned at the Olympics. He was fifth or sixth or seventh at the Olympic Games, um, which people will be like, well, that's not the great, that's not necessarily the most incredible performance that we've ever seen, except it is by far the most talented and most amazing race that's ever been run in the mile. In my opinion, it's the greatest mile of all time, the Olympic 1500, which we'll talk about in just a few minutes. But, you know, we're seeing just this unbelievable step up in American distance running that's making us both excited. Yeah, yeah. Some say, you know, shoes, some say this, some say people had more time to train. And I kind of agree with all of those and probably contribute to to that. But what what kind of, you know, I, I like to follow um, not only, you know, Bible, which is <laughs> let'srun.com, but, um, but I've noticed 
the 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 amount of 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 media popping up on through YouTube and other um, channels is is uh, it's just so much so much more because maybe they had more time because they had COVID. They were you know maybe uh, they noticed somebody's doing and and tr- uh, getting tractions and. I think you know. I think it started maybe with Tin Man Elite, Elite, the the the, the Adidas group um, from Boulder, Colorado, when they when they started, you know, um, growing and growing. And I see now there's Oregon boys starting doing that, and then everyone now is doing that. So it's so easy now for for let's say high school freshmen even, right? See, oh, those guys are running this workout, so they're running this splits, right? And suddenly, in in the head, he's like, okay, I guess I can do it too. You know, it's it's the kid like Cole Hawker. He's some some kid from from Indiana somewhere, right? Some small town in Indiana, and and suddenly he's a top Nike miler, right? Yeah, I mean, it's it is a unique situation. I think you're right. The access of social media and the way social media is being included both you know youtube instagram um other snap other ways that you and i don't even don't even pay attention to they're they're all they're all collecting information on each other that allows them to kind of see where they stand and then they have to step to the next level and i think that's always you somebody will say well that's always been going on but not quite where you might see yourself as an equal right but but I think that that's only one part of the story. Yeah. You know, another part of the story is we are seeing high school training um, some, so much more sophisticated than it used to be. Um, and well thought out, well planned ideas of saying, okay, we're going to maximize your performance at this level, but also looking to send you to the next level, which is the collegiate system or what may be happening, which seems to be happening more and more these days, which is they're pulling the old LeBron. They're going straight from high school to the pros. There'll be, I think we'll be starting to see more and more of that. Like what Ajay Wilson did, um, you know, 10 years, six, eight years ago is now it may be the model. Although I do think there seems to be a great raising of people's profile and then therefore raising of their financial value to the big companies by running a collegiate season at least once and going through that a thing mo she went through an entire collegiate season just destroyed performances at the 400 meter level all the way around and then was undefeated all the way through the year so you know it's not just the men who are performing but the men are performing disproportionately better than they did before whereas we've always had a few women who have just been top of the heap especially in the 800 we've seen that um but it's it's a real exciting time for the sport i think there's also another aspect it's not just training um i think the the fact of covid itself and that pause made people appreciate racing made them recognize life's uncertain things are uncertain if you want to take advantage of something you need to go for it right now i think that there's a there's a there's a a zeitgeist, an ethos, a sort of something filtering through the ether of our uh, lived experience post-COVID that says, strike while the iron's hot, live hard and fast and try to make it happen now. And therefore, why? And then they see each other on social media and they say, well, why not I? Yeah. Why Why is Cole better than me? Why, why necessarily? And so I think we'll continue to see an improvement. I'm really bullish on American distance running I, I said something pretty broadly in our prep for this. I said, I think that American men could be competing for Olympic medals in 2024 and 2028 um, 
in a way where we're really, really not just one guy is going to have a chance at it, but there will be multiple people that we're that on the men's side we are now we're now even with the world, and you know some of this is American seeing Jakob Ingebrigtsen go from um, his level all the way up to winning the fastest fifteen hundred meter at the Olympic Games, um, and then also saying, well, he's also from a northern. European descent. And so it doesn't have to be just Ethiopians and Kenyans and Africans who are competing at this level. There's, there's an opportunity here if I just focus on it. And that's when my arguments has been why Americans haven't run so far and so fast. And so at such a high level is it's things are too easy, but maybe COVID changed everybody's mind and said, well, but if you don't do it now, when are you ever going to do it? And I think that's a big thing. You have to do it now or your, uh, or, or, or it might not happen. Yeah, what stands out, you're right, Steve, but what stands really out for me from our talks when, when we when we go and, and, and talk about running um, was the, the COVID time when suddenly everything was cut off, there was nothing on the horizon, and, and the pros that were chasing, you know, next race, next race, next race, suddenly had to slow down, had to think, had to, you know, Suddenly, maybe, you know, you, you couldn't do the strength workout because you didn't have time. Now you had time for everything. You had time for easy running. You had time for thinking. You had, you had time for getting your whys, you know. And then we see, you know, I, I was wanting to, to jump to the, to the um, next, um, next person or people that, that we thought was great. Molly Seidel, Kara D'Amato, right? Kara... Um, um, especially her, you, you you probably know she she's new American holder in in marathon. Um, she started right when COVID started, just posted here and there, running five k here, time trial ten k here, and suddenly you're like, wait, those those times are almost knocking on the pros times, right? And she just started having fun with it. She's she's mom, she's real estate agent, she's um, wife, and just having blast with running, right? And next thing we know, she's she's going after 10-mile American record, you know, in a, in a race she set up herself <laughs> and really having fun with it. If you if you don't follow her on, on Strava, it, it's just, she's just jokester. Every post is, is a joke, you know, of, of some sort. Really fun, uh, a cheerful woman. Uh, um, so what do you think, Steve, about her? <laughs> I mean, I think, obviously... It, it's a bit of a shock because I followed her when she was running in college oh, and she was right. she was a good collegiate runner. Um, and then she sort of fell off the face of the distance running world and then she roars back. And I think for a lot of people, they're going to find that incredibly inspiring. The fact that she said she's got a full-time job, she's a mom, she's a wife, and she's trying to do all this. And, and you know, in balancing all these things makes her someone who I think almost everybody can relate to. I think... Kara is somebody who we should all, uh, I, I hope that she continues to perform at this level because I think she's going to really make more people interested in our sport who, especially those athletes who I work with on a day-to-day -day basis who are training at a high level or trying to put the time and the miles in and really concerned about getting personal records and performing at a high level for their own self. Sometimes it's hard to see another person out there that is uh, living their life that's similar to them because the pro lifestyle is pretty luxurious and laid back <laughs> and pretty much they have time to do all these other things. But if you're a mom, you know, it's very, very hard to get any training in. There's 
there's a, a lot of challenges there. She also has a job. Um, and so I think that that is something that is going to be make Kara especially resonant with um, a lot of American distance runners. Um, certainly makes her that way for me. Uh, but I do think that the even though I think Kara's story is more inspiring, it didn't catch the... The, the 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 minds of Americans as much as Molly's did. Yeah. Molly Seidel was an incredibly talented high schooler. She ran three, two or three years at the highest level, at the collegiate level at Notre Dame. She was setting all the records and winning national championship after national championship. But she ran through a eating disorder period and sort of thought maybe she would never run again, took a step back, roared back in the year after COVID during an, during COVID and after COVID, roared back, came into the came to light, and made people were surprised that she made the Olympic team um, last year in the marathon. Uh, though she had performed at a pretty high level, it wasn't really a big surprise to you or I. But it was um, that that open spot that was on that team. Although there really wasn't an open spot, there was there was some window where people were like, "Well, there, it could be a variety of different people." She was definitely in the conversation, whereas Caramato was not in that conversation. But again, <laughs> was this attitude right? Like, "Well, let's go and see. It's everything Correct. is open. There's no pressure." Correct right? for sure. Versus other women, you know, that put lots of pressure on making that team. Yeah, that but when Molly me. raced the Tokyo Olympic marathon. Um, the way she raced it with courage at the front um, just made every American stand up and scream at their television and cheering for her. So she became a folk hero just immediately. She's also incredibly vivacious. She's so interesting and fun to follow and talk to. So I think I just, one of my athletes um, that I coach recently was at a half marathon in, or, in, a, in Arizona and got a picture taken with her with his daughter. So she's really a fan favorite and able to interact with people in a really positive way. I think her, her, her story of overcoming tragedy and overcoming personal um, struggles like an eating disorder and then coming and being at the very top of the game makes her somebody that Americans just get super excited yeah. about. So she's somebody also we're excited to continue to follow because we have not seen the best of either Kara or Molly yet. We are seeing a changing of the guard in the marathon, but you know it'll be interesting to see, does a Jordan Hesse make it back? What happens with, is Des Linden now retired in a sense? Is, does she have any more legs left? Who, who are the other American distance runners in the marathon who will be following because Shalane is retired um, we don't, Molly's, Molly Huddle has had it, is having a child. So what will her return come back to be? So I think it's a really exciting time with Kara and Molly Seidel's coming into the sport because we get to see more and more heroes, more and more people doing it. And um, it's just exciting. It's an exciting thing. Yeah, don't forget Sarah Holt might be attacking American record this weekend. That's in very true. <laughs> she has also competed at a very high level during the COVID uh, pause. She did a lot of... Um, sort of time trials that were public, right? Where people could see and watch and she would share what they were trying to do. So yeah, it's exciting time for our sport. Um, okay, so I'm going to give you um, my number one event of the last few years. And it happened this summer in Tokyo. The men's 1500 meter was uh, one of the single greatest races I've ever witnessed in my entire life. Unbelievably exciting and so many ways that that race could have gone, and it ended up being one in which we saw the two best milers 
of their era with a whole bunch of guys who are also incredibly good milers right behind them running at paces that were unbelievable. They ran 328 for 1,500 meters, which in the prelim, they broke the Olympic record for it. And that was a 330 or something like that. And then they ran 328 in the final with Jakob Ingerbeckson, the young, um, just out of his teens, um, who basically had Timothy Chariot, who was the other prohibitive favorite. These two guys had gone back and forth. And um, the way that race played out was uh, three minutes and 28 seconds of just a clinic on how to run a mile. You know, I'm, I'm a little dismissive. I've been known for being dismissive of the 1500 meter over the years because I think rarely do we see a men's 1500 meter world championship or Olympic level race turn into a, um, a, a, a an epic performance. We see it in the eight sometimes. You see it in the 5K sometimes. But in the 15, it's always guys jockeying for position, slowing down, speeding up, trying to position themselves appropriately, and the, and the race doesn't feel like it's a beautiful race. But that 1,500 meter is, I think, one of the great, if not the greatest 1,500 meters to this point in time that's ever been run. Yeah, and then, you know, the fact that was something like 13-0, um, Timothy Chariot versus Jakob, you know, the... <laughs> Jakob never never beat uh, Timothy, and there it was in the final running PBs. Both ran PBs, I believe, and 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 in a third race of of four day or five days, it was yes, I I, I was so exciting. Yeah, the only race that I consider um, on par with that race um, is the uh, London eight hundred eight hundred meters um, where you saw an unbelievable performance by a single athlete going off the front and just running um, the greatest 800-meter race that's ever been run. And uh, this felt the same way, but there were two guys, and there was a string of them behind them, and it was the the fight for the gold, for the bronze medal was in doubt the entirety of the last 100 meters. And to expect that at a European world world level race in diamond league race, you would might be expect something like that, but to see it at the Olympic games where everybody was coming present and correct at that high level, it just makes the world championships coming up here in Eugene in 2020 in the, in July. I mean, just, I'm so excited about what's going to happen. And that's why we wanted to get this fanboys thing started back up again, because so many things are happening in track and field and we love it. And we want to talk about it. And we just figured, well, why are we just sharing this together on the green belt in Austin, wandering up and down the, down the trails when we could be doing it with other people. So hopefully you guys will find this interesting and you find it pleasurable and you find it enjoyable. Um, this is just a little taste of what we have um, planned and uh, not sure exactly how it'll all play out, but this is just a teaser, an intro episode. Um, we could have, I mean, we have a list of five other things we could have easily talked about, which will probably get folded in here. Um, but, you know, we've times, uh, we're, we're trying to keep these somewhere between um, 30 minutes and an hour. Uh, and uh, this inaugural episode, we just figured we would we would, we would would throw that out there. Is, that, is there anything you think you'd like to share with folks that, um, that uh, about what you're hoping for the series or what happened in 2020? to 2020 to 2022 at this point? Anything else you feel like we need to cover? No, at the moment, I think we just need to, you know, <laughs> promise that we stick to it and and then show up for you and each other, you know, because it's always fun and, and things get on, on, on a way. But 
I think you know uh, we may we may become pros in, in this and and. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I don't know about that, but I do think that your point of saying that we need to stick to it is well taken since I have been known to uh, get started with projects of this nature and then not continue with them. But yeah, I'm committed. I'm committed. And if you're committed, so we just hold each other accountable and get this thing rolling. Um, But it's been a lot of fun. uh, This first episode, we hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, It'll get better. It'll get more. uh, There'll be, there'll be. It'll get better as we go along. I'm pretty confident. Yeah, as we go, t- you know, um, on the, um, timely, you know, we'll be timely because we, we may talk about what's happening because, you know, we, we didn't even mention Sifan Hassan who would just run three races at the Olympics and got three medals. You know, like how, how is that? We don't even think about it. Yeah, anymore. she wasn't even on my list and I think <laughs> she was the my most impressive. That was the most impressive performer yeah. of the Olympic Games. And yeah, I mean, there's just so much to share with right. you guys and we'll just unpack it slowly but surely. We expect, like I said, we're hoping we get a 30 minutes to an hour long um, episodes. We're not looking at long, epic, two hour long episodes. We're, we're, we'll be, because we come at you on a consistent basis, we'll be able to get, get pithy and, and, and down to the details. And if you have anything that you'd like to hear us talk about or you'd like us to share or you have comments, um, listen to the end of this episode where I tack on the end of it and um, I'll give you some ways to engage with us and some ways to get involved and, um, be ready for this in your in your podcast stream the next time. Um, oh, one question somebody asked me recently when I said we were going to do this, if, if we would consider doing it as a YouTube video, and I'm really not interested in that. So um, if, if, if Tomek decides that's something he wants to do at some point in time, maybe we will. But for now, I think we're just going to keep this a audio-only podcast, and um, hopefully you'll find it enjoyable, and we'll talk to you again in a couple of weeks. Thanks for listening to Fanboys, guys. Till next time.